Greetings, friends. You have found the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, and we are your hosts, Carrie and Becky Holton. Hi, everyone. Good to have you with us today. Thanks for joining in to the very last episode in our series on finding your purpose in the body of Christ. We're trying to help people find their gifts in the body of Christ and plug them in in the Lord's service in the local church. Today, as I said, we're talking about the very last episode in this series, and we have a special treat today because my wife... chip cookies? uh, No. My (laughs) wife, Becky Holton, who has expertise in gifts assessment, is going to talk about helping people identify their gifts, especially helping church leaders identify their gifts and helping teams in churches to improve and to find that kind of health that they need to serve the Lord effectively. So we're going to talk today about gifts assessment, honey. Talk to us. Right. We thought it'd be helpful to review some ideas and assessments that might assist others in discovering their gifts and talents, and also what a person might bring to a specific group and how that church group can work together more efficiently and more effectively. Yes. Yes. And I'm so glad that you, you're willing to do this for us today, because as I said, you've got some expertise in this area. So thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Well, you're welcome. And I, and I, this is not an easy task. You know, it's not a one, two, three thing and, and voila, there it is. And there's one observation I want to make before we dig into some of these specific tools. You know, I think it's not always really hard to help other people discover their gifts, especially when you use some of the assessments that are available these days. But I think the challenging part may be in taking some of those discovered gifts, which oftentimes are pretty general and sometimes a little abstract, and trying to find how those plug in, how those gifts match for them for specific church needs and volunteer opportunities. That's kind of the the rub, I think. I think that's so true. And you know what we ought to do is someone ought to write an assessment that matches gifts with certain jobs mm-hmm. in the church. That would be very good. You know, I think that's just another reason that church roles or volunteer roles need a job description. Right, right. I mean, the job description can actually list some of the necessary skills and gifts and characteristics that are needed for certain specific roles. Right, I agree. And I want to mention again two things that we've already discussed and something we just really can't overemphasize. And first is the importance of Scripture in discovering gifts. There's some good assessments. We'll talk about those. But you know, the Scriptures are full of verses that give insight as to what... um Gifts are required. We've talked about 1 Corinthians 12. We talked about Romans 12. We've talked about Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. And there's a lot of other scriptures that you can call to mind. And I'm not going to list them because there are too many. But so many scriptures that talk about behaviors that are skilled and that call for maturity and how we help other people with those skills. I, I Just add in the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, we don't often look at a person who has love and joy and peace and patience. Those are gifts right. that contribute to the body of Christ. 
um, and and you know, I think sometimes we look at the life of Jesus for many reasons, and, and as we should. But I think Jesus demonstrates so many characteristics and gifts and skills that we can emulate too, or see if we're gifted in. You know, his work ethic, his relationship with God, his people skills, how he inter- interacted with people, his prayer life. Oh my goodness, yes, that's a good one right there. He's his evangelistic spirit, on and on, compassion, empathy. And a second thing that I don't think we can overemphasize is how absolutely vital it is for others to lovingly point out gifts and talents that they see in other people and then help them find opportunities to explore them. There is nothing like someone who knows and loves you to put their hands on your shoulders and say, you know, you are really good at this or I see this in you and the world will beat us down. And really one of the things that we are to be doing in the body of Christ is to calling out and naming those things in people's lives that they may not see that they have. And just to say, you know, you're really good at this. And would you like to help me with this? Or have you tried your hand at this? I see that you would be so good at that. Honey, I think what you're saying is that perhaps the very best gift assessment is the brother or sister sitting right next to you. The people that know us. The people who know you well, the people who trust you, the people who love you. Mm -hmm. Use them as a mirror. They can tell you what your gifts are. They really can. You know, I think we also want to be quick to say that the church is a family, and just like our physical families, there will always be things that need to be done that don't require a particular giftedness, and, and that may be rather menial, but, but necessary. Those tasks that must be done, but may not require a certain giftedness. That's right. You know, we all do things in life that we really don't want to do, but we do them because it's the right thing to do, it helps others, and so on. So wherever a person may land on a gift assessment, we want to encourage you to Avoid any temptation to say that, well, I don't have that particular gift and refuse to do something in the church body that might be less glamorous. You know, I remember when we were raising our kids, neither one of us, although we were tempted to at times, said, I'm not gifted at changing diapers. But that was just something, those are just things you do. There are just things in the body of Christ that we must do just to get her done, you know, and The pursuit of understanding ourselves is not a narcissistic pursuit. At least it shouldn't be. And it's certainly not a pursuit that gives you an entitled perspective to deny helping and doing other things. So we do want to throw that out because we've seen people use that. Well, I'm just this way or, you know, I just I'm not good at that or I don't want to be involved. That's not my gift. Right. That may not be your gift, but there are things that you can do and maybe should do that may not be spotlightish, but boy, it needs to be done. Well, I agree. And you know, we might also say that you may not know that you have a gift until you try something. Absolutely. You know, you may not know that you can change a diaper until you're forced to try to do it. And then you learn, hey, I can do this. <laughs> I can do it without gagging. That, that's too. <laughs> not a good illustration, probably. But anyway, but I do agree that what you're saying is that we do everything to the glory of God. Right, right. So, Let's move on to talking about some specific assessments. Where would you start 
in talking about gifts assessments. Okay, I want to divide this up into talking about an individual person trying to discover their gifts and then also some assessments for teams or groups of people. Sounds good. So, uh, and I don't, and you're going to think, ooh, all this hype and you don't really have a specific one to recommend. And I really don't. Uh, There are so many free spiritual gifts assessments online. If you're to Google spiritual gifts assessment, you're going to find a lot. And you know, they're all pretty similar. Most of these assessments are going to use a similar definition of what they're trying to help you find. And they're trying to help you find a spiritual gift, which to them means how the Holy Spirit is working in your life that in, in ways that help you to serve the church and honor God. And then all of these assessments will usually use scriptures like we've already talked about, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, the ones from Ephesians, 1 Peter, all of those we've already mentioned and many more. And they will ask questions that are from specific gifts that are mentioned in each of these scriptures. Okay, well, just give us a sampling, why don't you? What what are some of the gifts that are usually mentioned online or mm-hmm. usually measured in the, in these textual assessments? Well, most of the time they just airlift specific gifts out of those verses, or they may combine them. You know, you're going to see things like um, teaching or knowledge or the gift of wisdom or shepherding or evangelism or the gift of mercy or giving or hospitality service. They're going to airlift specifically out of all of these verses specific spiritual gifts, and then they will ask you questions that will help you discover if that is your gift based on their definition of those words. That's why I said sometimes that can feel a little abstract and a little hard to plug in. What is the gift of discernment when it relates to how you serve at church? You know, that's a little difficult. Well, you know, uh, I know that that list of spiritual gifts that one might find online might be a very extensive gift, but I think we ought to add this, honey, is that everything we receive from God is a gift. Absolutely. I mean, whether it's a sum of money or an ability or knowledge that we've been given or special training that we have, everything that we have been given from the Lord is a gift from him. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, I I can see that uh, uh, things such as carpentry, uh, a person who's skilled with children, maybe someone who has uh, medical or mental health support or knowledge in that area, uh, maybe someone who has uh, skills in technology. I-, I think we need to think out of the box, don't you? Yes. In helping others discover how they can use their gifts and their talents and whatever God has given to them to help the church, to minister to the community, and of course, all to the glory of God. You know, I think we uh, we saw some of that changing during the po- during the pandemic. For the first time, I think churches started reaching out to some of their members who might be specialists in crisis care or mental health care or just uh, medical help of knowing how to work with their churches and what to do that was medically sound. Uh, that's a good example, I think, of what you brought up that we really need to see that um, these lists really in scriptures are inclusive, but we may not think about them in ways that fit with a lot of the abilities and skills and gifts people have. And we can plug them in and take their expertise and all of their training and experience, and they can use it, not just in a secular job, but for the glory of God. I like that. 
I like that. Okay, why don't we go to the second part of what you want to share okay. with us? Share with us. Share with us uh, some team assessments that you think right. would be helpful in the church. Well, and I think since this podcast is especially for church leaders, I want to mention three other assessments that are more for groups or committees or staff or elderships um, and how they work together, especially in the church, because that's really important. Good. All right, give us one. Okay, the first one I want to mention is called Leading from Your Strengths. And this is a really good assessment that I use with all mission groups that are preparing to go on the field. And um, it takes about 15 minutes to take this assessment. And it helps individuals understand how they react to four specific areas. Did you know that there's four specific areas that people that are going through transition, groups that are going through transition, uh, are going to have to deal with? And a lot of people react differently. Didn't know that. What are those? really interesting. I'll just pull one out of the air, like how people process information. Say you've got a group of people, and we saw this, boy, we saw it during the pandemic, how people processed information, and we were all in this big wide-eyed transition. Some people are going to just jump on board. They're like, yeah, let's do that. Let's go for it. And there's the people at the other end that are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to fact check this. We need to think about it. And both of those are right. And when you go through transition, you need both people on either end to work with it with information because information comes at us every day. And especially if you're in a new job, on a new committee, in a new country, you're going to have information just coming at you like a hurricane. And how people process that on a team can be so different. And if they can begin to see that they need each other, You know, if you only have people that are fact-checking until the Lord return, nothing will get done. But if you have people on the other end who don't discern and check anything out, they're going to make so many mistakes and failures that it'll just be blunting to them. You need both. Well, besides, uh, besides the fact that this assessment will help you understand how you assess or how you take in knowledge or process knowledge, what else might it do? Well, this whole the concept behind this whole assessment comes from 1 Corinthians 12, that we're members of one body, and all the ears and noses and legs and feet, everybody's needed for the whole body to function well. So you learn a whole lot about yourself, and then you share that with the team. You learn... Um, you learn about uh, your strengths. You learn about how you respond. You learn... Um, about, you know, your particular skills and gifts. You learn, you learn what your strengths are, what your growth areas are. You learn what, how, um, what you think might be your strengths, but how they may be perceived by other people. You may think that your detail orientedness is really important. Others may see you as a penny pincher grouch. So some of those things you have to, you learn perspective from other people's and then other people. And the really fascinating thing is you have people share all of this and then you put this on a big wheel to see where people work and how they land and if your team is balanced or off balance. And you just learn a whole lot about each other, which which is trust building at its best. So this assessment will help build stronger teams. Mm-hmm. And it does that by helping individuals to assess their particular perspectives or their particular gifts, right? 
Yes, it's you see how you're responding, especially in these four areas. You see your strengths and you put those all together and see who you are in this team. And everybody discovers that. And the purpose is so you work together better, but especially so you value each other's gifts and what you bring to the table. Okay, so you would use this particular assessment with mission teams that are going Mm -hmm. out. Could it also be used for other teams in the church? I use it with mission teams all the time. And yes, it has been used. I have not, but I know that it has been used with elderships, with leader, church leaders, staff. Ministry staff. Absolutely. How about ministry teams? Can they use it? Okay. Absolutely. All right. Be very helpful. Um, well, we're all for building teams. So any assessment that will help us to build stronger, healthier teams we're all for that in the well, church. And sometimes we have this thing in our head that, well, because we all love Jesus, we should just get along. <laughs> well, we all love Jesus and we want to get along. But when we don't know each other and we don't have a basis of understanding how we're functioning together, I mean, for crying out loud, people that fall in love and get married and have known each other far longer than sometimes church teams have known each other, they still are going to hit bumps in the road and figuring out who each other is along the way. Sure. So, of course, this can be very, very helpful to minimize or at least reduce some of those instead of major speed bumps, they can be more, you know, minor potholes here and there. Well, share with us another one of your favorite assessments. Okay. Another one that I really like is called PATH, P-A-T-H. And this is uh, one that I use with teams as well. And they take this assessment, which also doesn't take very long, and they will receive a report which will give their responses based on questions that they've answered, which are questions that come from seven dimensions of a healthy team. And the goal of this particular assessment is to give each person and then each team a snapshot or a view of how of how they perceive the functioning of their team. And that's important, how they perceive the functioning of the team. You know, and this is one of those assessments that can be taken over and over just to see how the team is doing. But there are specific characteristics um, And this one looks particularly at seven characteristics that are known characteristics of high-functioning, effective teams. And it's things like uh, team commitment. Is everybody on the same page? They are really committed to the team. And there's a team culture where everyone feels like there's this commitment. Does everyone value diversity, the differences in each other, and give value and worth to some of those personality differences? How do they communicate? How do they solve conflict? Um, It looks at decision-making, and it looks as uh, how leadership is understood and exercised on this team. And it also looks at trust and openness because that measures the team's culture of transparency, vulnerability, and safety. This particular assessment is very helpful to identify problem areas. If a team is on the struggle bus somewhere along the way, this really helps because there's a there's a section where you answer questions, but you can also write in some particular responses so you can help pinpoint where people are just struggling, and that helps them to go, oh, didn't know that about you, or I didn't know you felt that way, or, you know, just in the way you lead them through that discovery. Okay. So PATH is another really good one that could be used for um, 
groups that are having a hard time or just groups that need to do a check-in to see how healthy they're doing. Because, you know, a lot of times staff, there's a big turnover in staff. There's turnover in elderships, in all kinds of committees, groups at church. When there's that turnover, you can lose some of the dynamic that you've had before. This helps you see where you're being healthy and where you're not. It will help you surface potential problems on your team, right? Potential and problems that even are festering and you may not have talked about okay. it yet. Okay. But when people don't want to go to committee meetings, there's a problem festering. Okay. So. How about a third assessment? The last one I want to mention is called Working Genius. And um, I'm sure many of you have heard of Pat Lynchoni. He has worked with businesses and churches for years. He's written books. Many of you have read Five Dysfunctions of a Team, another book, Death by Meeting. Isn't that a great title? Mm -hmm. And many other books. And it's just really, really good at working with groups, business groups, church groups. But during 2020, when everything was shut down, Pat himself started trying to figure out why at times he felt drained and really frustrated by his own job. And in, I mean, this is his company. And so in the process of trying to figure that out, this working genius assessment was born. And I think the thing is just fantastic. I've gone through all of the training. And what they have identified is that there are about six different types of work, the way people do things. And he calls these six different working geniuses. And you answer questions. Again, it's a short assessment and it helps you understand what either what your two working geniuses are, what your two working competencies are and what your two work frustrations are. And and then you can even, as a facilitator, I can take a whole groups of their responses and put it together on a team map. And this is about how a team gets things done. It's not their personality. It's about how they work together. And we often think everybody in the world works the way we do, and that's just not true. And this helps people, the team see where they have strengths. Maybe they've got a cluster of everybody that wants to get stuff done and get it out the door, but they don't have anybody that's being creative up at the top end or someone that's discerning what's coming down the pike. Um, uh, in the training, Pat was telling about how they went through all of this. They were hired by Nike to walk Nike through this. And the Nike official went, oh, that's what's wrong with us. We don't have any discerners. We don't have any people that take our ideas from the top. Up, you know, the first part of a project is to have the wonder and the invention piece come together. And then it goes through this discernment piece. Like, is this really a good idea? They said, we don't have any discerners. That's why we keep putting products out that nobody's buying. And it was just like a light bulb that went off. And I think a lot of churches are usually have people that are workers. They just want to get stuff done. That's what most of the population is. But they may be really in short supply of some of these other working geniuses. Or there may be some of these other working geniuses that annoy them. Well, I think what you're saying, too, is that uh, not only does does the working genius assessment, we've both taken the assessment. Mm-hmm. In fact, you're you're trained in it. You're certified yes. in, mm-hmm. in, in, in teaching it and helping mm-hmm. churches with it. Uh, but it also helps you identify your particular gifts. For example, do you have the gift of of invention? Are you a problem solver? 
Or do you have the gift of discerning, as you mentioned? Or do you have the gift of rallying the troops and being a cheerleader for getting things done? Or do you have a gift for finishing a task? Mm -hmm. Um, That's a gift. Or do you have a gift for dreaming about what could happen? Uh, uh, having a vision for the future. Uh, Those are all gifts, too, that we don't often talk about. No, we don't. And you and I have discovered, of course, we knew we had different gifts. But this has even given you and I different language for how we talk about a problem or a project in a different way to where we're not stepping on each other or we're just not crossing over with how to get this project completed. It's been very helpful to us. and In our marriage. In our marriage mm-hmm. because we Which both... Which we're not going to talk about. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> we both bring gifts to the table. Yes. And they're different. They're different. And that's helped us to have different language and different terminology for them and to really respect and appreciate each other just because we have different language. And, and really, things that we've known in our heart, it kind of helps bring to light. All of this is, I think, especially going to be really helpful for church leaders and committees and people where we're seeing, where are we out of balance in getting these projects done? Or why do we have this storeroom full of fantastic ideas and resources, but we didn't finish any of them? Mm-hmm. You know, or why do we have people complaining they don't have anything to do? What do we have missing here? Oh, I think it's a great assessment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, uh, do these cost money, these assessments? Yes. There's a small charge that each company charges. Okay. And it's anywhere from like $25 to $35 per person. And that's what the company charges, you know. And, um, of course, they should charge. And you are certified to administer these. Yes. Correct? Yes, I'm trained in all of them. Excellent. And they're just uh, really, really fantastic tools. And we, I'm really glad we could talk about some of these because we've never even considered that this might, tools like this might be helpful to church workers. Yep. And again, this will help, even though these last three have been about groups, it helps an individual to learn more about themselves because sometimes we don't know ourselves to know how we work in a group. Yes, good. And that's important too. Good. Okay. Well, thanks, honey, for sharing those with us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, folks. Well, that's about it for today's podcast. Uh, As I said, this is our very last episode in this series on finding your purpose in the body of Christ. We're going to take a break. Uh, In the next few weeks, we're going to return in late August with the start of a brand new series of podcasts. And we think that right now we're going to be talking about very important values in the church that every church ought to consider or ought to be foundational values, values like we're Bible-based people, we love, we are people of the book, values like we are Christ-centered above all, values like we are, uh, we are servants of the community and servants of one another. Anyway, we hope you'll join us in late August for the beginning of that new series. We're going to talk about values that every church needs to embrace. Again, we thank you so much for listening to mm-hmm. the Effective Church Leaders podcast. And if you need to catch up on any of the last eight lessons, eight episodes in this past series, please do so. Just go back and check on these episodes. We'll be happy to help you. Whatever we can do to support you as a church leader, whatever we can do to help you to become healthier and more effective, yes. just let us know. If you have any questions, send them our way, and may God bless you in the Lord's service. We're rooting for you. 